0: Hey guys, welcome to the Crossways Podcast, a podcast where we talk about ways we walk in the way of the cross. I'm your host, Jonathan Germany. I'm the Associate Minister here at Holly Hill Church of Christ, and across the screen is my good friend, Josh Fowler. We're so excited that you are here today. We're starting a new kind of series on walking through the parables. And we're talking about the talents today. We're glad you're here. Drop us a comment. Let us know you're here. Maybe even ask, or not ask, answer our question. What is the most valuable thing you have loaned and then lost? But Josh, how are you doing today?
1: Man, I'm doing uh, fantastic. I was just uh, talking with Aaron earlier in the week. I did the most South Louisiana thing ever last week. Um, I got to go gator hunting. Uh, fishing trapping i guess it's officially considered trapping but we've been in south louisiana for over five years now yeah And from the moment we got here my oldest dustin has wanted to go gator hunting Um, of course we've seen the swamp people and all that and then last week a friend of mine says hey i had three tags i got one left um, and i'm gonna need help filling it if we get this guy you want to come and i'm like yes Sweet. We ended up catching a. He's almost 11 feet long, weighed in about 660 pounds. Woo! So I guess I'm officially a South Louisianan. I don't well, know. Well,
0: I tell you, <laughs> I, I lived in South Louisiana for 18 years, and I never once had that opportunity. And I never once had any friends who even said, hey, you want to come with us? So you apparently have better friends than I do. <laughs> Either that or they're like Jonathan's too city boy for this. Well, <laughs> one of the two.
1: <laughs> I have this you know, I have this one friend of mine and he's kinda of just that classic what you would expect of a guy that has connections. Or so he's always like, you know, hey I know a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy. We can hook you up, you know.
0: <laughs> so I know guys like that. It's and but that's nice. That's exciting. That is exciting. Well, I don't have any cool stories to share. Nothing's really interesting happened in our area of the woods. <laughs> You know, nothing like that. I mean, yesterday I, um, I guess it was yesterday. No, Monday. Monday I, I drove across a, an overpass and took a picture. Right. I mean, yeah. It was a good picture. It was a good picture. Was I, a good I was picture. very I was very excited. I drove across, and I look over, and I'm like, because it's a kind of pretty area over across this overpass, and I went, oh, that's pretty. I want to take a picture of that. And then I was like, hold up. How am I going to do this? So, like, I drove off where I could go park, and then I walked back across the overpass, you know, hoping nobody would kill me and hit me with a vehicle because there's, like, hardly any shoulder. And I'm like, I'm going to take this picture. And um, I took the picture, cut a couple of different angles, got the one I really liked with my phone. And that was from a phone. Yeah. And uh, phones do a pretty good job. I didn't have my, my actual nice camera with me that I'm using right here. But, um, <laughs> Terry McCue, oh, Terry, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, Terry's saying, you know, she goes, Not that you wouldn't go, but I just can't quite see you gator hunting. And I guess that's maybe why I never had the offer <laughs> to go gator hunting. They're like, Yeah, not Jonathan, not not Jonathan, but
1: that's good hey, stuff. It takes all kinds, right?
0: It does. I'm the guy that's like, okay, cool. Uh, can I? I'll be the guy that goes and takes pictures of you picking up that the gator because you want a picture of you picking up that gator, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you you want the pictures. I'll, I'll be that guy. But um, I, I had the opportunity a couple of years ago to go cow killing. We have a guy here that uh that does some butcher. He's a butcher and he also goes and does a lot of farming stuff. And he goes, you want to go cow killing with me? And I was like. Uh, I don't know what that means um but yeah, sure, but I was but I had hold, I had heard stories where like you know when they they skin it they quarter it and right. you know they get rid of a few items they don't you know few body parts they really don't use and I heard a story of you know where he was tossing the I guess the stuff you don't use in the bucket and someone had gotten in the way of him in the bucket and uh <laughs> got hit in the face. <laughs> And I went, and the guy's name's Hank. And Hank, and you're probably not watching this, but people who know Hank might be. And I looked at Hank and I said, "Hank, if you hit me in the face with a cow, it's not gonna end pretty." <laughs> now he's like three times my size, right? So I said, there's no threat whatsoever. But I'm like, uh no, don't, don't do that, man." Please but um, that. but I went, and it was it was kind of cool. You know, I was like, "This is neat." And uh, it's a process to watch someone who is as masterful as he is and uh, was at just the process of killing the cow, skinning it, quartering it. And I'm like, okay, it's been like five minutes. We're done. I mean, it's it's I mean, it's unbelievable. It's unreal. And uh, so, yeah, um, maybe I'd go, but I probably wouldn't be actually the one doing the hunting right
1: <laughs> yeah um so awkward segue here because none of this has anything to do with no it does about as we get into um kind of walking through the parables of jesus and i want to ask you the question because i'm still racking my brain trying to figure out if i have ever loaned out anything of value to me yeah um besides money or books but uh you ever loaned anything out and just not gotten it back
0: yeah, so, uh, and maybe loan's the wrong word, but um, I used to collect Pokemon cards. Yeah, I was that kid. And uh, so I had all these Pokemon cards. I didn't play the game. I just thought, hey, cool. These, you know, it was the, the thrill of maybe getting a rare card that I enjoyed. You know, it, was, it wasn't playing the game. I liked the, ha- the little, you know, the electronic game on Game Boy and stuff. But I didn't play the card game. But I just liked the cards because they looked cool. And then, of course, there was a period where Pokemon just died. It just completely died and went away. It wasn't really the it thing until recently, and now there's the resurgence of Pokemon. I'm sure you've heard about the Pokemon Go game. But I was in high school, and I had hundreds of cards. And some of the cards were worth quite a bit of money. And I would mentioned uh, to some people who I ate lunch with um, that I was looking at trying to get rid of them because I just didn't want them anymore. I wasn't really interested, but I had some cards that, you know, I had some Japanese cards. I had some, you know, fairly rare cards. Do you have any shinies? Uh, Oh, yeah. That's the only word I know affiliated with Pokemon cards. (laughs) But I had all kinds of cards, right? And I was like, and I had this one girl who was eating lunch with us who said her neighbor might want them. And I said, okay, you know, here's some of the cards I have, and here's how many I have. And she came back, and she was like, "They'll give you like, it was like two or two hundred and fifty bucks for these cards," and I was like, "Sweet." So I give you these cards, you know, you'll get the money. You know, I, I, I'm a kind of trust, trusting guy in high school, you know. And we had ate lunch together, so I, I give her the box of cards and never see them or the money ever again. <laughs> and after a little while, it was just to the point of is it really worth making a big stink about it? I mean, yeah, it's a lot of money, especially for a high schooler, but I'm not going to be like, you stole my car, and then, like, get a big fight, <laughs> you know, and it's whatever. And uh, But I was kind of upset, but uh, I wasn't willing to be known for that guy to, like, yell at somebody over Pokemon cards. So I kind of just let it die, but it was kind of upsetting. I kind of want that $200 now. There's some stuff I like to buy.
1: Right. <laughs> no, $200 is a, you know, it, it changes, right? Yeah. The value of it changes, and uh, a lot you can do with that.
0: Yeah. I don't know I have if a... it's
1: because I've never owned anything of that great of value. Like, I have boxes and boxes and boxes of baseball cards that were bought at the pinnacle of the time when baseball cards were popular, and they're worthless. Um, are are
0: they all worthless?
1: Yeah. Like, the years that I bought, there were... Like no rookies came out that really did anything. Oh man! Um, okay, and so it just, just kind of fell, happened that way. Um, anything I do have of value, maybe I'm like this third dude where I just hold on to it. I'm not. You're not. <laughs> I'll loan you anything. I'll, I'll, I will loan you money. <laughs> before this, the, the one thing that did come to mind is, uh, so we were, we lived in Oklahoma City or Edmond for. Oh, 17 years. Um, Shannon Miller uh, worked out at the Dynamo Gymnastics there in Oklahoma City. We actually worked with Shannon and her uh, coach Steve for a few years. Well, after she won the Olympics, won the gold and had all that huge success, uh, Bob Moore, Saturn of Edmond, um, gave her a red Saturn SC2 to drive. She had just turned 16 or I guess she was 15 at the time. And they they had loaned it to her kind of as, you know, hey, you can drive this for a year and then give it back. It's going to be this big promotion. Um, well, when they got in, I learned this after I started working for this dealership. Um, the The Miller family assumed it was a gift. <laughs> like they were giving her a car. And so then saturn had this big thing to do it's like okay so do we go to at this point america's golden girl you know brought all this hardware back put usa gymnastics back on the map and we say no 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 give us our car back or do we just ride it off and so they ended up just writing it off um because they didn't want to fight the the public yeah pr be of, more
0: for cost more oh yeah
1: <laughs> um and so you know what intended to be a basically a one-year lease ended up being a gift of a vehicle to a family oh no <laughs> um, obviously not something i personally loaned out but uh, uh just that situation is kind of uh kind of crazy um,
0: <laughs>
1: it never happened to me. Nobody has ever accidentally given me a vehicle, by the way.
0: <laughs> no, 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 right? And a lot of the stuff that I loan, like I've loaned books out that I'm like, I think I'm missing a book. But, I mean, books can be replaced. You know, books are not are not that expensive. So i have not really loaned out. I mean, because those cards really weren't a loan. It was more of a business transaction that I got burned on because I, was, I wasn't I was smart. And then it say, right. no, you get the money first. You know, I was trusting that this person at school would be just like me and not lie. You know, (laughs) but right. But but as we we move into this, this parable, you know, we have the parable of the talents where you have this man who's who's fairly wealthy, who who loans away or he loans them money. You know, talents is a form of money and he loans what three of his servants Different amounts of money. In this parable, he uh, he loans out, what, five to one, two to another, and then one to the the last servant, the third servant. In each one, you know, the first goes out and makes five more. The second goes out and makes two more. The third goes, I'm not so sure about this. And uh, my master is awfully tough. And uh, so he buries it. And then when he re- when the master returns sometime later, they each show, hey, I've made five more, I've made two more, and then the third says, well, I'm gonna go and dig up that hole and I'll be right back. And uh, not that's not exactly how it says, but I'm just you know kind of the the story of him going, oh, <clears throat> let me go get let me go get it back that I buried. I buried it. I knew you were really tough. I knew you you know you reaped where you didn't sow. Here's your money back. You know, and he calls them wicked and lazy. And I guess the question is, what's this have to do with Christian living? I mean, why is Jesus using a a story with money? Why is he using a story about people doubling their money and then a guy who he didn't lose the money. So why is it a problem? You know, why is this a big deal?
1: Yeah. So I'm going to kind of set something up here and partially because if i didn't mention this um i would get scolded later by my wife for not using it but uh you know a parable this is what we taught our kids we have parables which is an (laughs) earthly story with a heavenly meaning right okay um so seeing what jesus is doing here is he's bringing up this example that they would all recognize yeah as um maybe they wouldn't recognize a master just doling out money to his servants, but expecting a return, expecting to go and do something with it, having been entrusted to it. You know, he even tells the one with the one, he goes, you could have at least gone and put it in the bank so I could have gotten interest. Yeah. You knew I was a hard man, but yet you did nothing with it. And so there's these spiritual uh, lessons that we learn from these earthly stories. Um, And, you know, sometimes I think we take that a little too far with parables and we start looking, okay, so every little detail has to have a meaning. Um, and so we can kind of get lost in, in the weeds on that sometimes. Uh, and so just being being mindful of the fact that when we look through these parables, we're looking at, you know, the, the, the major players in the story, the major aspects, the, the nature and the character traits. Uh, that are that are put on display in this very, very physical. Yeah. uh, Moment. So
0: absolutely. I I don't think this has anything to do with money. Uh, Right. I don't think it has a a single thing to do with money. Oh, Maybe. But I don't think the main purpose is to do with money. You know, uh, in some of my notes I've written down, I, I think it's all about using what God has given you to glorify him, whatever that might be. You can make several different applications, but for me, it's don't waste, and, I, and, I, and, I, and let's, let's also remember, talents isn't a double meaning until English. I mean, you know, Jesus wasn't right. knowing, oh, I'm going to use this pun. No, it was a form of money, but he was entrusting them with a gift, you know, and God has given all of us gifts, right? He's saying, here's something that really is mine, and I'm going to give to you to be good stewards of. Everything we have, our gifts, our abilities, our resources is really God's. So we have don't waste God's blessings. So the first two, what did they do? Well, they went and they used it. They actually, you know, made more, they were prosperous. I don't think the point is they made more. I don't think the point is they're doubling it. I think the point mm-hmm. is they were actually using it. Cuz what what was the the bad criticism for the third servant? Well, the third servant went out and did absolutely nothing with it. He didn't even use it. He didn't invest it. He didn't try to go out and and buy and make and and kind of increase what he was given. He just squandered it and almost acted like he didn't have it. He went and buried it and said, I'm going to forget about it until he comes back. And then I'll say, see, here's what you gave me. I didn't use it, but it's yours. Here you go. And when we're talking about what God has given us, I honestly believe that if that third servant had went out and tried to make more for him and, and, and I guess, pers- you know, done something with worthy pursuit and lost it all, I don't think the master would have been upset. Because uh, I, I, that's not the lesson we're seeing. The lesson we're seeing is he says, you wicked and lazy servant. He says, you didn't do anything with it. I mean, if he had went out and tried to do something and lost it, he may have said, hey. Here's a learning opportunity. But he didn't he just kind of squandered it. And for us, our lesson is what are you doing with what God's given you? And that's a question that that I'll ask those who are watching. What <laughs> are you doing with what God's given you? Are you saying, "You know, thanks but no thanks. I really wish I had more." Are you saying, "No, thanks but no thanks. I don't want that gift. I want his gift." You know, his gift looks a whole lot more appealing to me. Sometimes we're given things by God that we may not understand and maybe we want to be able to do other things. You know, like I love singing. I can't sing very well. I can't lead singing. I love teaching and learning new songs, but that's not my gift. And it took me a while to finally just tell people, no, I won't lead singing because someone else who has that talent needs to step up just because I know music and I know how to conduct because I was in band doesn't mean and i still get thrown off because i'm not i'm singing and trying to conduct and i'm like "Ah!" you know it's totally different than band it is but you know completely different so i don't have that gift and i shouldn't have to force myself to do that when we have people who can and that means each you're kind of going back to what paul said when each part is working properly makes the body grow and i think this is what jesus was also getting at was you have things i've given you don't be slothful don't be lazy get to work right the the labor is plentiful the laborers are few don't be a you don't cause that to be a bigger issue
1: yeah so i think there is um in my mind there is an element of that that plays in here um i i got to a place where someone had asked me a couple questions that i really couldn't answer uh, when it came to talking about this parable.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and you know, he, he had a couple of problems with it. He said, first, if, you know, if this is just talking about using what God has given us our gifts and abilities, um, he says, I have an issue with seemingly having a value placed on one gift over another. So, you know, one man has 10, one is given five and one is given one. So what's the, what's the one talent gift? What's the one talent ability as compared to the 10 talent ability? Um, And then, you know, talking about how, you know, one who has that ability, they're given more. Um, He said, I've never seen my ability, my physical gift increase because I was faithful to God. I have the gift of speaking in public, and I use that in faithfulness to God. My giftedness doesn't increase. Um, and there is the 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 reprimand for the one who doesn't. He says, "Take the talent away from the one, and give it to the one who has ten, and throw that wicked lazy out, or that wicked lazy servant out." Mm-hmm. Um, you know. And so they said. So I've also never seen anyone that had their Um, spiritual gift removed because they didn't use it for God's glory. Someone doesn't lose the ability to speak or lead singing or those things just because they don't use it for God. And so, uh, you know, I thought, man, that's a good point. And so I began kind of researching and studying. And what I have kind of come to in my, in my own mind and understanding is uh, we've all been given a different level of how much we know God, how much God is present in our life. Um, I was born in the church. I was raised in the church. Um, I have always been in the church. I've been in the church for 43 years now. Um, My level of the knowledge of God is different from someone who comes to know God at 43 for the first time. They understand him differently. They know him differently. They experience him differently. And at 14, I could have probably talked theological and biblical circles around this man who's now 43 um but we what, what i see in this is jesus is saying i don't care if you know god a little or if you've known god all of your life i don't care if you just met him or if you've known him for decades your obligation is to invest what you know about god and the people around you
0: mm-hmm.
1: which by the way is going to include using the way god has gifted you yeah um and the the caution is if you don't he'll remove himself. Um, he may not remove your abilities to do things, but he will remove himself from your life if you don't choose to live a life of faithfulness. Faithfulness that says, basically, it's not about return. It's about the way you invest in the people. Um, obviously, the return is there, but the return isn't the focus, right? Um it is, it is the investment that is the focus. And you said it earlier. He wants us to be faithful, not necessarily successful, Absolutely. at least not, not by worldly um, standards, which are very measurable. And uh, it's hard to measure the things that we consider success um, in the church. Um,
0: See, I, I, don't think it, the, I don't think the numbers have as much to do with the parable as we think. I don't think the 5 2 and 1 really have as much to do with besides saying no matter what you've been given you're supposed to use yeah, right sure. and 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 the story was he goes I gave you a little bit and you weren't even able to do anything with that so mm-hmm. why would I give you more you know so I do think God can give us more blessings or more things where hey we're showing to be good stewards of what he's given us There might be the time later in life you're like, man, uh, uh, I think you could pray to God and say, hey, I I need to be able to do this. And now I'm not saying, oh, God, I need to I need to just miraculously start being able to be the world's best singer. Okay, I I, I don't believe that. And that's not I don't think God works that way anymore. Could I be wrong? Well, uh, you'll have to show that to me. But, you know, uh, I do think perhaps maybe we can grow in our abilities that maybe are already there, that become greater. And so I don't think these guys were growing in new areas. I think they were growing in areas they were already given, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Just like knowledge. Knowledge can't be one of those gifts. You know, I think also maybe, hey, the ability to, you know, man, I'm a good businessman, but I'm also really generous. God might continue to help me prosper even more so, so I can keep being even more generous. Mm Mm-hmm. But the moment I stop being generous, is the moment now I'm being Scrooge, you know. Now, 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 now I, now I'm starting to think that you know, my needs are more important than someone else's needs, and that's completely against everything Jesus teaches, everything yeah. against the writings of Scripture. You know, count others more significant than yourself. You know, I think this is what this whole thing is more than just money. It's more than just knowledge. It's more than just abilities. I think it has everything everything to do with the way of life.
1: Right. So when when we look at these, and like I said, um, those those two perspectives really aren't they don't that far they're that, they not
0: don't,
1: yeah they're not far removed from one another uh, because our knowledge of God is is a gift, and in order to invest that knowledge of God into people, we have to use the things that He's given to us. Yeah. Um, I think it just takes it kind of a step further that says, look, there is there is something deeply personal about this, this calling about this expectation. Um, and some of the things I think that we should just be aware of when we come to this is, and we've said it a couple of times, basically God manages his investment accounts differently than we do. Um, I don't know if you have any um, investment accounts out there, um, but I uh, the level of investment in what God is requiring of us is not something we would be comfortable with giving to a financial investor. Uh, Because what he wants is he wants it all. Yeah.
0: He wants all of it.
1: That's right. Um, And the return is different, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not about, we're always looking at uh, ROI, return on investment. What am I going to get out of this? He says, it doesn't matter because here's what I expect of you. Uh, what do you have? I want it. Give well, it to well,
0: me. Yeah. Think about Hosea. What, what, is, what is Hosea getting out of anything that God's making him do? Absolutely nothing, right? I mean hey, – I, I, I got, want you to
1: go marry a woman, and by the way, she will never be faithful to you.
0: Yeah, yeah. But marry and you're gonna her anyway. Have, yeah. I mean, yeah, he had some children, but his children were still also lessons, right? But, I mean, what yeah. was he gaining from that? Uh, he was learning God's love. You know, again, but, you know – I, it's just these two perspectives; they don't clash. They they really yeah. kind of mesh together, and uh, they're different. I've never thought about what you've said before until uh, we were discussing some of these things. But but as we kind of think about just being faithful, mm-hmm. I think I don't know where I was going with this. But but I but I really do think that that's kind of the the important piece because we can squander the things God's given us. I was just telling our class that everything we've been given is God's and, and in fact uh, now I know what I was going to say uh, I'll get there eventually and I don't mean this to be insensitive and because uh, I know there are families that are in these situations and they're they're doing what they can but when it comes to our relationship with God, God doesn't want partial um, custody. He doesn't want split custody with us in the world. He says, no, I I want all of you. You know, we've been adopted by God, right? We've been bought with God, but he also, he bought us back. We were his to begin with. We left and then he re-adopted us and said, no, you are my children. And he doesn't want, oh, yeah, sure. I'll split that custody with, with the world. I'll split that custody with your friends, with fill-in-the-blank. No, God wants all of us. And that third servant, he was like, yeah, I I know I'm supposed to serve you. And you gave me instructions what to do with this. (laughs) But I figured not losing it was just as good as, you know, it was better than, you know, just bearing it was just as good. Well, when we start making our own rules... We stop listening to God, and that's, that's a dangerous position to be in.
1: Well, And you see in this, with this third servant, you see a perceived knowledge of what the master wants. Yeah. I knew you were a hard man. <laughs> I knew you were a hard man. Well, did you? Because if you really knew who your master was, then you would have responded appropriately. And so sometimes I think we think we know what God really wants when he, most of the time or all the time, what he simply wants is for us to be faithful, to surrender the things that we've been given unto him, to use them for his glory and allow him to come back in and provide the return. You ask, what does Hosea get out of that that arrangement with God? Well, number one, he gets to be used by God to be a demonstration of God's love and faithfulness. Yeah. Not only does he get to witness it, He gets to be used as a tool to proclaim it to Israel, Um, but also he gets to know God in a much more intimate and deep and profound way by his willingness to invest himself into God's mission, Um, and when we allow ourselves to participate in the mission of God, uh, the return Maybe it's going to be souls. Maybe it's going to be baptisms. Maybe it's going to be your family turning their life around. But the most important return on that investment is the way, the deep and profound way that we get to experience the mission of God and yeah. his nature and his character.
0: And notice – he and, and and I knew he got stuff out of it, and I'm glad you followed, followed that up with that because the point is he didn't benefit secularly from that. <laughs> Nothing about culture then or now says – Oh, yeah, Hosea really came out on top on that one. Right. You know, he didn't get power. He didn't get status. He had a wife that was never faithful to him, and he had to end up buying his wife back, by the way, as if Multiple someone, oh, mo- as if she was owned by somebody. You know, so, and not just in the culture sense of man owning woman. No, she was, you know, she was in that kind of profession, and he had to go and buy her back. And... He's saying, "This is what it's like when you leave me for fill in the blank sin."
1: Yeah, he goes, and hey, I'm going to you buy to... you
0: back every time.
1: Yeah, I want you to say "secularly" five times fast.
0: I can't say "secularly." <laughs> very Secularly. <Well. laughs> secularly. It's like George Bush and nuclear.
1: <laughs> nuclear. Nuclear. <laughs> yeah, man, this is a this is a good parable. I think there's so much, um, and I'm I'm really excited about talking about the parables because the parables come through on so many different levels, you know, um, it's like Shrek and like onions. You're just peeling back the layers, looking at, at the different aspects of the nature and character of God and what he expects of us. Oh yeah. Um, that, that I really like kind of peeling these things back and, and looking at some of the lessons we learn. Um, For
0: sure. For sure. Well, any other thoughts We this one went a little quicker than usual, but, uh, that's okay. Uh, any thoughts from our audience? And I guess while while we're uh I guess waiting for anyone to comment, I'll say, Josh, I, I appreciate you bringing this unique perspective today, because it's something that that I haven't really thought about. And it's nice being able to, uh, as a reminder for our audience, um, Josh and I don't agree on everything every time. And uh, what I really like is the the ability for us to to listen and be able to say, hey, let's 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 go to the Bible and let's kind of Think about these things respectfully without compromising truth. Mm-hmm. And parables are all about, hey, I, you could get something completely different from a parable than I get out of it. You know, I don't think parables just have one meaning. Now, there might be a parable you could say, oh, this one has one meaning. Okay, yeah, you're right. But even the Good Samaritan has more than one meaning. I mean, there's yeah. multiple, you know, lessons to pull out of the Good Samaritan. It's yeah. not just about— Perspectives and points yeah. of view and— and it, it's all about being able to say, how can we take this to glorify God? And just using our title, Crossways, it's, you know, Crossways, you know, the way of the cross is countercultural to to, to just how we live, how our world says this is what you want to live. So it's going to look crossways to the world, but it's, uh, see, pun, yeah. <laughs> but it's all about making sure we're walking in that way to say, hey, no, I'm a follower of Christ. And I'm trying to be transformed to look more like him, whether that's using the knowledge that God's given us or me using the blessings and resources God has given me. Or maybe all of the above to say, I'm going to use anything God's given me to make sure he's still glorified.
1: Yeah, so we have this um, mentality a lot of times with Jesus's teachings that, you know, Jesus comes in and turns our lives upside down. Um, that Jesus came to flip culture on its head, Uh, that Jesus came to just completely shuffle everything, to throw it all out of balance and to turn it upside down. Um, And I have used that, and I've even thought that along the way. Uh, What if we changed our perspective for a moment and realized maybe, just maybe, our lives aren't right side up right now? Oh, yeah. That we're living lives that are upside down. Jesus doesn't come to turn your life upside down. He comes to set it right. Correct. You know, he comes, you're, 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 you're living on the ceiling, and he's come to stand you on the floor and say, you weren't made to live this way. Here's yeah. how you were made to live. I know this doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't make sense because you've gotten so comfortable in living in the upside down that when Jesus turns us right, it's it's uh we just get lost right yeah. um uh, there's a word for that that i've lost but uh uh we're lost we're off balance and we're like man what's going on everything's falling cuz we've set them th- set them up nicely to exist nicely in our upside down world
0: yeah
1: and he says if you'll just let me set this right i promise you you're going to be better for it
0: yeah it's like the the disciples in acts the followers of jesus in acts when those people came out of i think it was uh, the house of joseph and they said Man, they're turning what, our world upside down. Mm-hmm. You know, to the world, this is their world. To the world, yeah. this upside down. Like you said, it is life. Turning it right side up is going to feel all out of balance. Now, I'm feeling a Stranger Things series coming on here. I keep talking about the upside yeah, down, but um, this is discombobulated
1: you know, is the word th- this i was is, looking for. By this the way, this is
0: sponsored by Stranger Things, <laughs> right? And uh, we have our first sponsor. I like it, but no. Well, guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, Josh, do you have any other closing thoughts?
1: No. My last one was just that. Be faithful. Um, even when you feel out of whack, even when you feel uh, like everything is spinning and this doesn't feel right, just be faithful. Be Absolutely. faithful and, and allow God to, to, to draw you near and to show you what it truly means to know Him and know Him in a profound way because because I've been willing to turn everything over to
0: him and see what he gives back. I love that. Thanks for joining us, guys. we will here on Thursdays at noon uh, Eastern, 11 o'clock Central. Join us for lunch and be able to just kind of sit back, enjoy a conversation about how we can walk in the way of the cross. As always, I'm Jonathan. This is Josh. And we're uh, brought to you by the Ministry League. Uh, Check it out. Great app. We have, I think, 16, maybe even 17 podcasts now. It's an ever-growing network of podcasts. But we love you guys, and remember, God loves you too.